0: And good morning to you all. This is Rick Tokini from Success Made to Last. This is the launch of our podcast for the Alignment Zone, and this is also a television series that is featured on C Suite Television. This whole show is centered around Dr. Philippe Bouissou, who was a protege of Steve Jobs. And he started Apple.com from scratch, going from zero to $350 million in sales. Today, that business unit generates annually $32 billion in sales. This guy knows everything about growth. This show is about growth and it is meant to educate you and illuminate you as a podcast and as a television series. Today's guest on this uh, particular show is Taylor Smith, who's the CEO and co-founder of Blueboard. You're going to learn all about Blueboard. You're going to learn about some of their growth obstacles, and then you'll listen to Dr. Buisu give a prognosis to him. That's what this show is about. It's about aligning businesses to help those enterprises grow. Enjoy this podcast with Dr. Buisu called The Alignment Zone. It's 8 a.m. Monday morning. You lead a business facing its moment of truth. What will you do to outpace the market and grow faster than your competitors? There's only growth or death. The answer lies in the Alignment Zone. This is Dr. Philippe Bouissou. We call him Dr. B. His dad held the keys in France to the nuclear code. Dr. B worked directly for Steve Jobs building Apple's e-commerce business, and he still wears black in homage to Steve today. Dr. B's got this great accent, so listen carefully. Early on in the show development stage, Dr. B questioned whether we should use medical terms or not. You see, he's a doctor, but a doctor in chaos theory. Physics, that is. But he's not Quincy M.E., the famous medical examiner. You don't want a coroner showing up at your business. And he's not Dr. Phil either, although he listens carefully. He's a straight shooter and has a sense of humor. And they share the same hairstylist. He's most like Dr. House, the genius doctor that solves medical mysteries, when no other doctor can figure it out. You see, that's the case with Dr. B, and he's concerned about providing a prognosis for your business to help you grow. Let's join Dr. B in The Alignment Zone. Today's guest on The Alignment Zone is Taylor Smith, CEO and co-founder of Blueboard. Blueboard was born in 2014 and is located in the heart of San Francisco, California. The company develops and markets recognition and rewards programs based on memorable, hand-curated experiences. Not cash, not gift cards, and not last year's fitness watch. The lasting benefits of BlueBoard is to improve employee engagement, build company culture, and strengthen your employer brand. Recipients of BlueBoard are inspired to challenge their comfort zone, indulge in their passions, and try new experiences from a vast collection of meaningful activities such as paragliding, river rafting, and sunset sky tours amongst many others. The company counts 150 customers, including blue chip names like GoPro, P&G, Salesforce, and Ubisoft. What's unique about Blueboard is the set of rich and impactful experiences they have identified, tested over the years for employees, to celebrate and to remember. The company has raised $16 million in venture capital and is led by Taylor Smith, one of two founders. Now let's join Taylor and Dr. B in the Alignment Zone.
1: Taylor Smith, welcome to the Alignment Zone. I understand you're in Hawaii right now. I can't help, but I was wondering, are you blueboarding yourself?
2: Yeah, of course I'm blueboarding. I'm I'm always blueboarding. The cool thing about blueboarding is it's a way of life, you know, so. It's awesome to be running a company where my personal beliefs and values just play into how we do business and what our product is. But yeah, in Hawaii, I've been doing a bunch of body surfing down at Poipu Beach, and it's been super nice so far. We love to hear origin stories. Take us back to
1: 2014. What was the initial spark, the flash of brilliance, the genesis for Blueboard?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, one of the the greatest blessings of starting this company is I started it with my best friend from third grade, uh, Kevin Yip. And we met almost 25 years ago now, playing basketball in a rec league and, you know, went to the same high school, studied abroad in Hong Kong. And we basically lived a bunch of life experiences growing up. So I think we really understood the value and how meaningful it is to have adventures, you know, and, and to do things with people that you care about. And that was sort of the foundation for starting this company, and both of us experienced really crappy corporate employee rewards and recognition programs at our first jobs and And that's actually how we got the idea for Blueboard. So I can walk you through my experience very quickly. Um, I started my career in management consulting, and I found myself on a project where I was traveling to Dallas, you know every week for four months. I was working really long hours, you know, not sleeping um not exercising gaining a lot of weight overall i was a pretty miserable person at that point in my career and at the end of the project my manager called me into his office and he said hey taylor the, the partners and i talked and were really impressed with with the work you did and we wanted to recognize you and i still remember he like slid me an amex gift card across his desk and in that moment i was so tired and so exhausted and i remember thinking to myself like Oh my gosh, center values my time at like $1.25 an hour, which totally isn't the message that they're trying to send. And, and in retrospect, I know that it was very well intentioned, but the recognition itself just didn't feel great. And, you know, I was talking to Kev about it. And the problem is really that with gift cards, they just don't really feel that meaningful. You know, it's like, you know, who you get a gift card from, it's like your distant aunt or uncle that doesn't know you that well. And that's not people's relationship with our company. We spend so many hours at the companies we work for. So we started talking about what would be better. And we decided if my manager had come up to me and said, "Hey, you've been traveling a lot. You've been away from home a lot. Why don't you take your girlfriend on a couple's massage this weekend? So you can relax, you can recharge, and you could just be fully present at your next project." I would have thought Accenture was the coolest company in the world, you know. And and that experience would cost even less than a gift card. And so. Kevin and I looked at the market and we realized that companies are already spending millions of dollars on rewards like this, but despite that, people just don't feel appreciated. And so we thought, how cool would it be if we just got companies to switch their budget instead of spending on gift cards or electronics, you know, send people on experiences all over the world, because that's going to change the way that people perceive working at their companies. And it's really, really powerful. So that's what Blueboard is today. That's the ultimate idea. As a company, you can hit a button, send an experience in you know 15 seconds, and then an employee gets to choose whatever they want and however it's going to make them feel most recharged. That might mean you know taking a significant other to a couple's massage. That might mean taking the kids to a behind-the-scenes tour of the zoo. You know you might want to go jump out of a plane with your Blueboard reward. We just believe it's a huge difference maker to to reward your employees in this way, especially if it's something that employees love. Tell us about your most recent
1: customer and the measurable difference you made for them.
2: Luckily, we hear from customers a lot and they love our product. And, you know, one that I heard from recently was a pretty large automotive company here. And one of the admins reached out and said, hey, I just wanted to say Blueboard is so cool. And, you know, it's a great compliment. As a founder, you love when people say that about what you've built. you know, her comment was like, hey, the breadth of choices for my employees is just all over the place. And there's something for everyone. And I didn't expect that when I signed up. And, you know, that's really important because one of the values of Blueboard is it's not a company saying, hey, you did a great job. Now we're going to send you to jump out of a plane. Because as it turns out, most people don't actually want to go skydiving. People actually know what they need in that moment in time. And so employees really get to choose. And she was telling me that their Slack has been blowing up with pictures of people posting about the adventures that they've gone on after they've been rewarded. And so, you know, I know there was someone who went kayaking in Hawaii, actually around the time that that I've been here. um, And it was for a 10-year wedding anniversary, so that's super cool. There was someone who was, you know, taking Mandarin lessons in preparation for a trip to Shanghai. And then someone was also, like, learning pottery and posting what they've been doing on Slack. And You know, that's like the coolest thing to know that people are so excited about what they're doing outside of work that they're actually posting it in Slack at their companies. And so that's something that our admins tend to love about our product.
0: On every episode of the Alignment Zone, participating company leaders are asked to complete the Business Alignment Score. This customized proprietary assessment creates the pivot point for Dr. B to identify alignment opportunities. It's like an MRI that detects a variety of conditions. Conditions that a patient and their doctor can act upon only in the alignment zone.
1: Let's talk about the first alignment, the pain versus the claim. You grew your ARR annual recurring revenue by 170% in 2020 and you're expecting to more than double it this year in 2021 you are targeting to reach $100 million in the not-too-distant future. What is the number one reason why you've been able to achieve such an impressive revenue growth up to this point?
2: You know, we've been lucky to sustain a, a high growth rate over the last five years. We've roughly doubled or more every year over the last five years. And I think the number one reason is that we're attacking a problem that's decades old. And it just hasn't changed. And, and we're attacking it in a way that's new, it's fresh, it's relevant. It's something that employees you know, across the world can get excited about. And it resonates with a lot of different people, whether you're an employee who's gonna get one of the rewards, or even the CEO of a company who thinks this is the best way to engage with their people. And so you know, right now, from a market perspective, companies are trying to figure out how to keep their top talent. Like, There's a major war for talent right now. There's a labor shortage. And companies spend so much money on bringing the best people into their company. So the question is now, how do we keep our top people? And the question that our, a lot of our customers ask is, how do we make our employees love our company? We have a lot of budget for things, we're innovative, we try to do things the right way. And for us, the answer is easy. Like if you give someone you know, a trip to San Diego to take surfing lessons instead of giving them a gift card, are going to be way less likely to answer a recruiting email on LinkedIn from, from another company. And so, you know, we tell our clients like recognition isn't the only way that you create a great employee experience. There's a lot of different ways, but it is a way for companies to show employees like, hey, we get you. We care about you. We see what's important to you. And when people feel seen, they're going to be way less likely to leave their companies. And so, yeah, again, recognition isn't the only way, but The the big thing we're trying to figure out is how to get people to love working at the companies that they work at.
1: Do you think there are other drivers to accelerate your growth in the next
2: few years? The biggest accelerator of growth for us is building that brand awareness. You know, we're a startup, we have limited marketing resources, and there are more people in the world that need to know who Blueboard is, what we do, and what we stand for. Because I think it's something that pretty much everyone who hears about it gets behind and in our estimation we think only one percent of hr professionals in the united states have actually even heard of blueboard so there's a lot of work for us to do and we're going to invest a lot in storytelling through video over the coming like a couple years and we think that's going to do you know wonders for our brand and getting our name out there
1: can you describe in one sentence the pain that you are addressing for your customers
2: i'm going to cheat i'm going to give you two answers but one answer is um how can I retain my top people? Blueboard is a natural answer to that question. The second question that's a little bit softer is, how do I get my employees to love this company? Because HR people pour so much time and energy into creating a great employee experience, they want employees to you know, reciprocate and, and agree that, yeah, I love working for this company, and we help with that as well. How do you segment
1: the market based on that pain, and which segments do you deliberately focus on or walk away from?
2: We're pretty disciplined about having an ICP, which we call an ideal customer profile, and selling to that persona and to those companies. So right now we're focused on mid-market companies. So, you know, 500 to 5,000 employees in high revenue per employee industries. So that tends to be, you know, tech, life sciences, financial service, professional services. We see those industries as the ones that, you know, there's the biggest war for talent. There's the biggest talent shortages. And so those are the companies that are really spending on keeping their employees. So it's a really great segment to go after. And I think the second part is companies need to be ideologically aligned. You know, companies need to believe that employee experience is paramount to our success. And we need companies that are innovating in that area and are willing to invest in our in their employees. And so if customers fit those two criteria, they're they're a really great fit for us. You talked about two claims. What is your main claim that is defensible and unique? Companies try to retain their employees in lots of different ways. And I think the biggest thing that we're trying to solve is this idea of retention and helping companies spend in the correct ways to have the greatest chance at keeping their top people. One thing that a lot of people don't know is that recognition and rewards is a sneaky big market. It's $70 billion a year is spent on non-cash employee rewards.
1: $70 billion?
2: It's a staggering sum and most of it is spent on gift cards, merchandise and electronics. And you know, our claim to employees is or our claim to companies is if you take a look at your people and you study how are they spending their time and their energy and their money outside of work, you know, what you're going to find is that people are spending on exactly what we do. Purchasing has gone increasingly experiential over the last few decades and the trend is only increasing. So. You know, outside of work, we see people saving money to go to music festivals, or they're saving to go to a safari, or they're saving to go to a trip to New York to go see Broadway. And so when companies start understanding that about their employees, we say, great, you understand now how your companies are spending their own time and money outside of work. As a company, does it make sense to give them something like a gift card or electronics that they wouldn't purchase on their own? Or <laughs> does it make sense to say, no. Employees, right. we understand what's value, valuable to you. And we're gonna give you access to it through the form of Blueboard, and we're gonna pay for the whole thing, so you can go live your life the way you wanted to. But the company's gonna pay for it. There's no better value problem than that. You know what I mean? Like it fits so naturally into how employees are living their lives today. And so, you know, our claim that we make to our clients is like, no matter like where your employees are located, what they're interested in, who they are, we're gonna find a great experience for them. And that's inherently different than every company on the market because everyone is so focused on you know, the old models of merchandise and sending someone a catalogue with a blender, a toaster, a golf bag. And like, it's just a matter of time before those companies. Um, yeah, we completely take them over.
1: Would your customers pay more for the service? If you were to charge less, would you convince more prospects to buy? In other words, do you think your pricing is optimized?
2: no i don't think our pricing is necessarily optimized because we haven't changed the structure of our pricing in seven years but on the other side of that i do think it's elegantly simple so companies come to us and they choose the exact dollar amount that they want to invest in their employees experiences and we charge a percentage fee on top so (laughs) it's really easy for companies to understand and it's easy to transact so i do think we've optimized for simplicity for our customers i think down the road there's an opportunity you know, to maybe more closely align our pricing with the value we're providing and different, you know, nuts and bolts and things that we offer. But for now, I'm happy with it. And down the road, I'm sure we'll, we'll take a closer look. When pricing is not aligned with the received value
1: from the customer, then you are not realizing the maximum growth rate. You are actually impacting negatively in your growth rate. And aligning the right pricing is a very, very difficult thing to do, but really critical to the first alignment. I was wondering, is there a clear, defensible, measurable r o i return on investment for your customers?
2: so one of the most difficult things for h r leaders to do, no matter what program that they're that they're measuring, is it's incredibly hard to draw a causal link between any employee program and the idea of retention and and how how long employees are staying at their company. So one thing that we'll do when we talk to our clients is we use just a simple like black and white example. And so, for, for example, a lot of companies have um, employee referral incentive programs where if you refer a friend, you know, <clears throat> and they get hired by the company, you might get a twenty five hundred dollar cash bonus. And let's say you go ahead and do that. You get a $2,500 bonus, which is awesome. It's going to feel great. It disappears into your your paycheck and your bank account. And then you get messaged by a LinkedIn recruiter, you know, the next week. Are you going to be any less likely to take the call with a recruiter? And we juxtapose that with this idea of, let's say you recruited, you know, a friend to join the company. After you recruit your friend, you get a blue board reward and you choose to take your family, you know, to San Diego to go on surf lessons for a whole weekend. Same scenario, a recruiter reaches out to you that next week, are you less likely to actually take that call? And and when companies think through that, they realize that, oh wow, if I actually provide life experiences for my employees and something that they're excited about, they're gonna love working here and they're gonna be way less likely to take that call with the recruiter, even if I gave them the same amount in cash as a bonus and that's what a lot of our clients believe and that's mainly how they measure their return. Let's talk about the
1: second alignment, perception versus messaging. If I were to randomly select 10 customers and ask them to tell me what Blueboard does in one sentence, what would they tell me?
2: They would say Blueboard helps me send my people on adventures after they do an amazing job at work. So
1: they would not say that it's about retaining the employees, it would be they would talk more about the experience of those employees.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Let's talk about the third axis of alignment, purchase versus sale. How hard is it to sell your services to a new prospect?
2: One of the things that's great about Blueboard and how simple our product is, is usually the reaction is, wow, that's really cool, and wow, my people would really love this. And we get that almost universally, depending on you know, company size, industry. I think the most difficult part that we're that we run into as we're becoming a larger company and selling to larger companies is that there are so many people involved with decisions. There are so many stakeholders that have different needs and you know different requirements, different approvals. You know, that's that's something that's been more tricky for us because we have to consider, okay, how do we make sure Blueboard is most valuable to every single person who comes into contact with our product? But overall. Luckily, the product speaks for itself and, you know, people love when their company pays for an adventure for them. There's there's really nothing better. So when a client starts to work with you, do they understand Afterglow? So I wouldn't say that customers necessarily understand Afterglow as a standalone scientific concept. What, what we deliver is three things. We deliver the anticipation leading up to an experience, the activity itself, and then we do whatever we can to drive Afterglow. And what afterglow is, is the time after an experience when you're reflecting on, oh, I can't believe I jumped out of that plane. You're looking at pictures. That's when it's actually, you know, being solidified in your mind as a memory. And afterglow for our companies means, hey, we're sending people on experiences so that they have a memory that is associated with some of the great work that they did at their company. Let's say you had a great product release as a product manager, your company sends you a Blue Board reward. Two weeks later, you're eating a Michelin star meal at French Laundry. Now, Afterglow in this case means you just had an amazing meal and it's because you did an amazing job as a product manager and companies want to build you know, that association so that, that employees know that, hey, my company cares about me and they're sending me to do amazing things outside of work. So that's the whole idea of Afterglow, and that's what we are delivering for our clients. So what portion of your customers are buying for the first time? So we're doubling our customer count every year. So I'd say about 50% of them this year are going to be new. And what percentage of your customers do you
1: lose every year?
2: I went to my head of finance because I was like, hey, the number is just like, it seems too high. Like, how are we calculating it? Are we doing it in like the right way, you know, that the industry would say is like, correct. And as it turns out, we found that some of our reporting in Salesforce was like super linear, where it's like, if a company buys January 1, and then we go through January the next year and someone doesn't repurchase. So we go 12 months and no one repurchases and it marks them at churn as churned. But then we have a lot of clients that are just using their credits over time. So it might take them, you know, 13 months to use their credits or 15 months to use their credits. And we we're counting them as churned, even though they're purchasing like one month later. And so it it's like really interesting that the question, the line of questions that you asked in some of your commentary, led us down this investigation. So um, I have, a way, I have a way better understanding of our business now. So just as an aside, thank you for bringing that up. Um, and so, you know, in terms of, like, customers that we we lose every year, we're losing about 1% a month. So right now, we're trending between 12 and 15% of customers' lost per year. And Taylor, can you tell me what portion of your
1: customers increase their spending year over year?
2: Actually, the majority of them increase their spend year over year. So I... I believe it's about 80%, and that leads to us having just a world-class net revenue retention number, and customers that stay more than make up for some of the customers that that end up leaving.
1: There are two components to top-line revenue growth. One is to acquire new customers, and the second is to sell more to your existing customers. In other words, hunting and farming, and they are both important. I don't know about you, Taylor but I cannot live without my iPhone. I was wondering if I come on Monday morning and unplug your product, how would your customers spend the rest of the week?
2: If our customers unplugged Blueboard for a week and they tried to do what we we do for them, it would be a complete frenzy. Imagine, you know, some of our companies send a thousand employees a year out and about using our product. And for every person that goes out and about you have to make you know, an appointment for them, you have to purchase tickets, you have to send them a calendar invite, you want to make sure they're ready to go. It's an incredible logistical nightmare. So once companies start using Blueboard, they find it very hard to leave because we make their lives so easy.
1: We've covered the four axes of alignment, and now I would like to share my prognosis and advice. First of all, we did an analysis using some of our tools at BlueDots and your business alignment score is very good, 82 out of 100, and significantly larger than comparable companies in the $10 million to $100 million revenue range. They tend to score at an average of 62.
2: Thanks, that, that sounds amazing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't surprise me because I think the market really wants what we offer. And then on the other side, internally, our employees love working at the company. So I do feel like fairly aligned in terms of the market we're in, the product we have, and the people. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't be better. So even though our score is high, there's more work to be done.
1: So I commend you for those results. And I am not surprised that you have been able to achieve such an impressive growth based on our analysis.
2: In order for us to be less of a nice tab and something more core, I do think we have to investigate more how do we draw a causal link between these amazing life experiences that people are having and the value that there is for the company on the other side in terms of retention and i think the more data we get and the deeper we get in that direction will help us be more of a core you know core product that you can't rip out
1: now i see six main areas of improvement that i would recommend you implement number one make sure that your customers are convinced that somehow they cannot live without your product It has to be perceived as the must-have versus a nice-to-have.
2: I believe you. We already have the HR community talking daily about the virtues of using Blueboard.
1: Number two, optimize your pricing. This is a difficult exercise, but impactful on growth. At the end of the day, your pricing has to match the expected value from your customer. Number three, fine-tune your message and pick two or three market segments to focus on and develop specific messages for each of those segments.
2: A, a big, like key part of that company's success. So if I were working with some of our life sciences clients, you know, the most most important thing for all of these clients, whether they're in tech or life sciences, it's all about retention. And it's about isolating who are the most important you know, pieces of a talent across our company. So in tech, it's always engineers, it's technical talent, it's product managers. In life sciences, a lot of that has to do with the research scientists. So I would tell clients to determine who your most valuable talent is. Like, who would it, would it really hurt if they left the company? And those are the people that you want to figure out, okay, how do we keep them? How do we retain them? How do we make them happy? How do we make them say that, wow, I love working at this company? Because if you do, you're definitely setting yourself up for success.
1: Number four, prove that you're offering increases employee retention. I believe that culture, purpose, mission, the why, which is so eloquently described by Simon Sinek, is by far the most effective way to retain employees. I saw it at Apple or Bridgewater with Ray Dalio. So you need to prove that your offering has a real and significant impact on retention. Number five, this is an extension of the previous point. You need to model and share a strong ROI to any prospects, you need to leverage customer testimonials and develop a referral program. Maybe you can even create an event and a community around the topic of employee retention. Number six, it is really important that you deeply understand churn and you need to develop an early warning indicator system to predict churn. Then you put together a remediation plan. Taylor, Here is your growth playbook. You need to address those six points. And if you do so, you will accelerate your top-line growth and with no doubt, create additional shareholder value. I look forward to staying in touch and checking on the progress you have made based on my recommendations and this growth playbook. And we'll check that in the next three to six months.
2: I think the insights from the growth playbook are incredibly insightful. and, And for me internally, the way that we work as a team is, we're going to share it with the leadership team and we're going to talk about it. I think there's a number of things that are worth considering and we're always trying to do things better, you know, faster, more effective. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to take it back to our team and it'll be a part of our plan going forward.
1: So so Taylor, if, I, if I'm a company and I'm an HR guy and I'm interested in what you offer and I want to know more, where can I find the information?
2: So if you want to learn more about Blueboard, I would encourage you to go to our website, which is www.blueboard.com. That's blue like the color, board like a surfboard. Lots of great content, a lot of great information. Something else that could be fun to look at is hashtag blueboarding on Instagram. We have thousands of posts of people adventuring all over the world. Um, You can see how people are using their blueboard rewards. And yeah, those are two great places to start.
1: Thank you, Taylor, for being with us in the Alignment Zone.
0: If you would like to find out more information about aligning your business to optimize growth and get a copy of Dr. Bui Su's book, Aligning the Dots, visit bluedotspartners.com today.
2: It's about engineers, technical talent, product managers, and life scientists. ah, Jesus. Company success. Ah. If we were coaching one of our technology clients on- We we gotta gotta do it ah. again.